Welcome to episode one of the Mr. Dog Podcast, where every week until Christmas we'll be reading another of Albert Bigelow Payne's classic Victorian-era stories about the hollow tree and the animal friends that live there. Payne wrote three books of hollow tree stories, one for each of his three daughters. The last story in that series is called Christmas at the Hollow Tree Inn, and it's that wonderful final story that has been read aloud in my family for three generations now, every Christmas Eve. I'm Henry Cordes, and this is the Mr. Dog Podcast, produced by That's So Enterprises. This week on the program, we're going to meet the little lady and the storyteller, and get acquainted with the hollow tree folks, too. The storyteller is Payne's avatar for himself, and the little lady is one of his daughters. You'll hear a character called the little woman make a knowing comment as she passes by. That's another of Payne's daughters. He once said that just as one of his daughters was growing out of the hollow tree stories, another was growing into them and would demand that he write more. These stories were written over a hundred years ago, and so there are a few references that might not be familiar to today's children. This story hinges on something called a johnny cake, which is just a simple cornmeal biscuit made in a frying pan. It's a story about making it through hard times with ingenuity and friendship. When he wrote it, Payne was evidently thinking about an even earlier era, and trying to impart some of the hard-earned lessons of a more austere past to his daughters, and to do it in a way that was funny and fresh. Without further ado, let's gather around the fire and hear the first hollow tree story. the house of many windows, which stands in a large city, and is sometimes called a flat by people who, because they are grown up, do not know any better, live the little lady and the storyteller. The little lady is four years old, going on five, and is fond of stories. Well, this makes her and the storyteller good friends. They mostly sit in the firelight after supper, and while the little lady is being undressed, they tell her, each other all that has happened since morning. Then the little lady looks into the fire and says, Now tell me a story. Sometimes she wants a new story, sometimes one of the old ones, which must be told always the same, because the little lady, like a good many grown-up people, does not care for new and revised editions, but wants the old stories and the old words that sound real and true. Sometimes the storyteller forgets, or improves on his plots, but the little lady never forgets, and never fails to set the storyteller right. When the storyteller came home last night, the little lady had a great deal to tell him. During the afternoon, she had built, in one corner of the sitting room, a house for her three dolls, with a separate room for each. Of course, the house was not a house at all, but only a plan on the floor made with blocks and books. At one side, she had laid out a large parlor room, where her family of three, Hetty, Annabelle, and the rubber boy, could meet together and talk. Why, said the storyteller, that reminds me of the crow, the coon, and the possum. What did they do? Tell me that story, 
commanded the little lady, promptly forgetting her day's work and pulling the storyteller towards his chair. The storyteller stirred the fire and looked into the blaze a moment, thinking. The little lady climbed up into his lap and waited. She was used to the storyteller. Tell it, she said presently. So then he told her the story of the three friends. Once upon a time in the far depths of the big deep woods, there was a big hollow tree with three big hollow branches. In one of these there lived a coon, in another a possum, and in the third a big black crow. But crows don't live in hollow trees, said the little woman who happened to be passing. This one did, replied the storyteller. I suppose styles have changed some since then. The hollow tree below was rather dark, so they all used it for a parlor and only met in there now and then to dust off their things or when company came. Now the crow and the coon and the possum were all very fond of good living and mostly of the same things. They were good friends too and they often made plans to catch young chickens and other game and carried them out together. Between trips, they would sit in their doors and pass the time of day across to each other, just like folks. Well, one winter, about two weeks after New Year's, it came on to snow in the woods where the hollow tree was, and it snowed and it snowed and it snowed. This was long before sleds or skates, and when big snows always came up over people's windows and snowed them in. And this is what happened to the crow and the coon and the possum. They were snowed in. Well, they rather liked it at first, for they had a good deal left over from New Year's dinner. And they used to get together downstairs in the parlor and spread lunch and pitch the bones under the table and talk and tell stories and wonder how long the snow would last. But they never counted on its lasting half so long as it did. Every day, they would look out of an upstairs window that they had to see if the storm wasn't over. And every day it was just the same and there was no sign of clearing up. Well, then they began to get scared for their cupboards were nearly empty and there was no chance to catch any more game. At last, every scrap was gone and there wasn't a thing to eat in the house. The possum went to bed and pulled up the covers and tried to sleep so he would forget it. The coon sat up in a rocking chair and rocked on purpose to think about it, for he was a great hand to plan, and he thought maybe he could work it out some way. The crow didn't do either, but walked about his house, picking up first one thing and then another, as people do sometimes when they don't do anything else. But the crow was luckier than most people who do that, for by and by he picked up quite a big paper sack with something in it. Then he untied it and looked into it quite a while, thinking. It was more than half full of cornmeal, and pretty soon he remembered that he had carried it off once when he was passing Mr. Man's pantry window. Not because he wanted it, but because he was a crow, and crows carry off anything that isn't too big, whether they want it or not. Then he hunted around some more, and found another sack with some flour in it that he had picked up once in the same way. And he found some little bags of pepper and salt and a lump of butter. My, said the little lady, 
but he'd carried off a lot of things. Yes, crows always do, and hide them in that way. Well, he didn't say anything, but he slipped downstairs and gathered up some of the chicken bones under the table and some pieces of bark and sticks and brought them up to his own part of the house and shut the door. Then he kindled a little fire in the stove with the sticks and opened his outside door a crack and got a skillet full of snow and put it on. And when the snow melted, he dropped in the chicken bones and let them stew and then a little of the flour and some pepper and salt and stirred it and he had some nice gravy. By and by, the possum and coon smelt it cooking, and thought it came from a farmhouse. And the possum turned over twice, thought of everything he had ever heard of to make people go to sleep. And the coon rocked harder and harder. Then Mr. Crow poured the gravy into a bowl, and set it back on the stove to keep warm, while he stirred up some of the cornmeal and some more melted snow, the little pinch of salt and a little piece of the butter. When it was all stirred good, he put it into the skillet and patted it down, and when it was baked nice and brown on both sides, it was as good a johnny cake as you ever tasted. He laughed to himself a minute, and then he slipped downstairs again and set the table. He put on the bowl of gravy in the center and cut the johnny cake in three pieces, and then he called out, as loud as he could, Come to dinner! Possum jumped straight up in bed, and then lay down again quick, for he thought that the crow was playing a joke on him, which he was, though not the kind he thought. The coon jumped too, and then went to rocking again, for he thought the same thing. So Mr. Crow opened the possum's door quick, and the coon's door quick, and let the smell of the nice chicken gravy go right up into their rooms. Then he laughed out loud and called again. Come to dinner while it's hot. And down they came, for they couldn't stand that smell. But when they saw the johnny cake, they thought it was a joke again, for they had never seen any before, and didn't know what it was like. Dip in and try it, said the crow. And he broke off a piece of his cake, and dipped it in the bowl of gravy, and began to eat it. So then the possum broke off a piece of his johnny cake, and dipped it in the gravy, and began to eat it, and the coon broke off a piece of his johnny cake and dipped it in the gravy and began to eat too. And then the crow dipped again, and the possum dipped again, and the coon dipped again. It's good, said the possum. Yes, it's good, said the coon. Where did you get it? But the crow did not tell them, and so they dipped and ate and dipped and ate until they dipped and ate it all up. Drop in again tomorrow said the crow when they were done. So the next day they came again, and the next day they came again, and every day after that they came, until the storm was over and the snow was most gone. And Mr. Crow never did tell them the secret of it, until once, when he wanted to ask a great favor of Mr. Coon and Mr. Possum. But that is too long to tell about tonight. The storyteller looked down at the little lady she was sound asleep. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. You might be wondering where Mr. Dog was during this long winter in the deep woods. 
I suspect he was curled up by the fireplace at Mr. Man's house, having his belly rubbed as often as possible. Never fear, though, because next week on the show, we'll be reading a story called Mr. Rabbit's Big Dinner, and there's quite a lot of our friend Mr. Dog in that one. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes, and let your friends know, too. You can follow Mr. Dog on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love it if you dropped us a note there to say hi. Our handle is at Mr. Dog's Christmas. For more about Mr. Dog, please go to MrDogsChristmas.com. Again, that's MrDogsChristmas.com. This has been the Mr. Dog Podcast, a presentation of That's So Enterprises. Till next week, I'm Henry Cordes. Thank you.